Good morning, Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and I'm here today by myself once again. I said earlier in the week, Charles Thompson left the country to go find a successful socialist nation, and we have not seen him since then. He said he wouldn't come back until he found it. So uh, I'm hoping he gives up. Actually, you know what? He's going to be here on Monday. He's just wrapping up some of the stuff he's been doing over the last couple of weeks. But today is our most popular episode, Dumb Bleep of the Week. We couldn't skip this one. Only missed, only missed one day. Only missed one day this week, guys. I don't know if you all listened to the interview uh, we did with John Miltimore from uh, Fee.org on Wednesday. If you have not listened to it, go back and listen to that one. That was uh, really good. We talked about all of the lockdown craziness. We talked about Scandinavian, quote, socialism, unquote, and all kinds of other great things. A really good interview. But this is the Dumb Bleep of the Week. Before we get going on Dumb Bleep of the Week, I've got to tell you about this very, very special site you need to check out called BetterHelp.com. If you are having a hard time finding happiness right now or finding meaning, you got to find that meaning in your life like we talk about all the time, go to BetterHelp.com. What this is is an app and a website where you will fill out all of your needs when it comes to finding a therapist, things about you. They'll go through this little questionnaire and they will match you up with a therapist who suits your needs. If you're dealing with depression, anxiety, you got relationship problems, anything like that, you'll get matched up with a licensed therapist that you can message back and forth with on the app that you can do calls with, all kinds of stuff. If you go to betterhelp.com slash GML, you'll get 10% off your first month. Go to betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com slash GML for 10% off your first month. Join all those one over 1 million people I know using that right now. They've got to be growing like crazy. This has been a really tough year for a lot of people. It's been a tough year uh, for you know people in my family, no doubt a lot of you guys and people in your family. So take care of your mental health, okay? Your brain controls everything that you do. It, it literally does. Just them, brain involvement. Okay, so we know that I've got that happening at least. You want to take care of your brain, okay? Take care of your mental health. It will affect your daily life for sure. But this is the Dumb Bleep of the Week. And we're going to be starting off with a very unfortunate Dumb Bleep. Now, if you're not, if you're not privy to what we're doing here, if you don't know what's happening, Dumb Bleep of the Week, we have the Patreon group, which you can join by going to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. They come in here and they vote on what was the dumbest thing that we brought up uh, for for the vote, no doubt there are a lot of other dumb things. So if you see dumb bleep, make sure that you hashtag D-B-O-T-W, D-Bot Dub, as I call it in my head when I type it out. That way we can try and find all that dumb bleep. If you see breaking dumb bleep, make sure you put that hashtag on Twitter so we can go check it out. But Tulsi, Tulsi, oh, Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard, she's out there. And I think I had to pick this one, one, because it was really dumb, and two, because I keep seeing all this libertarian support for Tulsi, and you've seen it all year. Now, does she have some libertarian tendencies? Yeah, I think she's pretty good when it comes to war. She's pretty good when it comes to surveillance. I know she was talking about how we needed to pardon Edward Snowden this week, something that I happen to agree with pretty strongly. 
um, she she does pretty good on that on that kind of stuff. But but this is where we make the the point that when someone is in agreement with something that you care about, it's good to work with them. It's good for everyone to get on the the train and move down the track together or the bus and go down to the next stop or whatever the proper analogy is for that. Work together with people when they agree with something, when you guys uh, can can come to a compromise that doesn't remove liberties from people. Maybe we can get a little bit closer to liberty in some kind of way. Of course, of course, work with her on whatever that is. But this this weird notion that somehow... Tulsi needs to be in the Libertarian Party, or she's somehow a, a closeted Libertarian in some kind of way. It's not the case. Uh, a Libertarian needs to have a certain base principle. Now, of course, we go, if you want to break it all the way down, to the, the NAP, the non-aggression principle. That is something that only Libertarians will talk about, and only Libertarians will ever care about. You lose people immediately when you start talking about it because it sounds crazy and people just want to hear things in a few seconds. No offense, everyone. What it means is we don't hurt people and we don't take their stuff. We don't aggress on other people. We believe in private property rights, okay? We believe that if you work and you spend your time to earn money or the, to uh, build a business, to do anything like that, that you also get to reap the benefits. You get to reap the rewards of that. If you take a risk, that means that you get to reap the benefits of that risk if someone else didn't take it and you did. Okay, there has to be a base principle, and that really is property rights. That's really what it comes down to. It's property rights of your own property that you have used your money to buy. It's property rights of your money, and it's property rights of yourself as well. And taking someone's money without their permission or controlling private businesses without their permission, those things all violate property rights. And so Tulsi lacks the very basic fundamental principle of libertarianism, which is a belief in private property rights for all people, even if they happen to build a business. If you decide that you're going to build a business, it does not mean that you forfeit your property rights. And a lot of people think that that's what it means. Okay? So, without, with all that said, without further ado, we'll bring in Tulsi's first dumb bleep over here. Let me see if I can get it up on the screen for you guys real quick. Ah, there it is. How about that? Okay, she says, here's her tweet. And then we're going to go into the actual to the actual law that she has proposed. And we'll we'll read through it because it's got some ridiculous stuff. We're going to spend the most time on this dumb bleep for sure. But she deserves it. Big tech and big box retailers are seeing windfall profits and will emerge from this crisis stronger than ever at the expense of small businesses who are bearing the brunt of government restrictions. I introduce this resolution 1267 that will tax 95% of excess profits to support small businesses. Now we live in this crazy, crazy upside down world here where she can tweet something both blaming big tech and big box retailers and pointing out that it was the government restrictions that caused it to happen, and then say that she's going to take the money from the big box retailers, all in the same tweet, and still have a straight face when she's doing it. It's pretty freaking insane. She lays it out right here. The small businesses are bearing the brunt of the government restrictions. 
You know why? Because they were forced to close in places like Walmart and Home Depot and Lowe's and Amazon, of course, was able to stay open. All of those other places were able to stay open while all of the other smaller places were not able to stay open because they weren't deemed essential by the government. But somehow, because people, consumers, were only left with a few options, and so some of these places have made some extra money, I guess, some excess money, who gets to decide that, that money has to be taken away from those places and then given to the small businesses. That begs the question, why don't you just leave the freaking small businesses alone and let them be open and compete? Good Lord, who thinks that any of this makes sense at all? Let me move on to some of the actual bill right here. Now it's a whole bunch of whereas this and whereas this and whereas this thing is crazy. So let's go through. So, so I'll just say whereas and then we'll just read through a bunch of things here. Big tech corporations and big box retailers will emerge from the coronavirus crisis stronger than ever before and with a greater economic advantage over smaller businesses. Whereas, at a time when small businesses and Americans across the country are suffering catastrophic economic consequences due to the COVID-19 pandemic and, and government-mandated restrictions, certain corporations such as Amazon, Walmart, Zoom, and others have seen windfall profits due to the pandemic. God. God love her, you know? You know, that little gray streak, I think that's coming from a dead part of her brain, I'm pretty sure. Guys, Zoom, throwing Zoom, because Zoom happened to exist, because Amazon happened to exist, and they happened to make more money this year. First off, you don't even know what exactly their extra profits are. The year isn't over yet. Their stocks going up is not the same thing as making windfall profits. People still don't understand this. Someone's stock price going up is not the same thing as the company making profits. But if that were the case, there'd be a whole lot of companies whose stock price was like negative $15, but it's not. You got Uber still trading around 50 bucks and never profited a dollar in their entire life. Okay. Every ride they give, they lose money on. How are they valued in the billions of dollars? The stock price has no relation to how much profit they've made. Now, I know Amazon's obviously going to make higher profits this year. Of course they are. Zoom's going to make higher profits this year. And thank you, capitalism, for those places existing. Has anyone talked about what would have happened in 2020 if Zoom and Amazon didn't exist? What would we have done as far as shutting down the economy? Has anyone in the government, has anyone on the left thought about that whatsoever? What if these evil, evil, terrible corporations didn't exist due to our unfettered capitalism, what would people have done? How would people have not gone to shop anywhere? How would people have continued to have meetings at home and be able to conduct business? The, the inability to realize these things is complete. I don't know. It's, it's depressing almost. We're not going to let it get us down though. Whereas 99% of businesses in the United States are small businesses accounting for 44% of the U.S. gross domestic product, employing 47% of our country's workforce. Those are good numbers, by the way, to bring up when people talk about uh, these big businesses controlling everything. 99% of the businesses are small. 44% of the GDP comes from small businesses. And almost half of the people who work in the country work for small businesses. 
So that's pretty important to talk about when you decide that you're going to make reg regulations and taxes and all kinds of things that are actually going to just affect small businesses for the most part. Because guess what? Look what we're seeing. Look what we're seeing here in 2020. The big businesses can handle almost anything you throw at them because they've got the financial capability to do that. The small businesses cannot. This goes for regulations, for taxes, all kinds of stuff. Whereas, according to a December national survey assessing the pandemic's economic impact to small businesses, one in four small businesses will have to close their doors in the next six months if current economic conditions don't improve. What are the current economic conditions that we don't know whether or not they'll be able to improve? They're acting like this is a storm that's passing that no one has any control over. She just, no she just noted two paragraphs earlier that, that they were suffering consequences due to the government-mandated restrictions. And now she says, well, if the current economic conditions don't improve, these companies are going to have to go under. All right, let's go to another page here. Whereas large technology companies like Amazon, Alphabet, which owns Google, Apple, and Facebook posted record profits during the COVID-19 pandemic, it would be neither fair nor good for the United States economy for large corporations who have gained a competitive advantage, thanks to government restrictions, by the way. Oh, she does say that. Hold on. Gained a competitive advantage over small businesses due to government-mandated restrictions to maintain such a competitive advantage in the post-pandemic economy. Whereas given most Americans and small businesses are struggling or shutting their doors while big corporations are seeing a windfall of excess profits due to the crisis, it is time to reinstate the wartime excess profits tax that was used during World War I and World War II to prevent certain corporations from crisis profiteering and opportunistically enriching themselves. Good Lord. This is literally just like what Sam just said. This, if, if you would have told me that AOC wrote this, I would have completely believed it. I, I would have completely believed it. She's both saying that this is due to government-mandated restrictions and saying that we should take away the profits from the big companies. At the same time, why not just let the small businesses operate like you're allowing the big businesses to operate? Could someone talk about that for a second? Could someone ask a question in here why it's safe for the big businesses to operate, but the small ones have to stay closed? Is anyone thinking about that at all? No. They're just talking about taxing the money that's coming into the big businesses. And then they're going to waste half of it and then give some of it out to small businesses. All right, so that's, it's dumb bleat number one. Tulsi Gabbard. Now, what about this, this excess profits thing? Excess profits? What, what is that? Can someone tell me? what an excess profit is? Do you guys realize that? I know you guys do, but just imagine if you were talking to someone else. Let me get this thing out of here. Uh, for those of you watching the screen right now, those excess profits, who gets to decide what that is? What if there is another year like this? What if companies need to save up money? What if they need to have a lot of money in their coffers so they can survive whatever random arbitrary government restrictions might be thrown at them next. What if that's the good part about capitalism is that people can profit and save up money and weather these crazy storms? What if having excess profits 
as an individual, meaning that you spent less money than what you earned and then you kept the rest of it or you saved and invested it, what if that was actually better so people could survive times like this? And that if you had excess money, it didn't mean that that immediately needed to be taken away from you and given to other people. That it's actually a good thing to save up money, to have extra money, so you can make it through these times. Why is it that the big businesses who have tons of money saved up, who are worth so much money, are the ones that we know for sure are not going to go bankrupt during this time? Because they are able to weather this BS that's going on. And yes, the government's been helping them along the way. Good Lord. Okay, so Tulsi gets... I mean, it's just... What, what a strategy. What, what an amazing... Ter amazingly terrible and destructive political strategy it is. I mean, it's a genius strategy. As you actually, you, through restrictions, you strangle out all of the big businesses, their, their competition, and then you leave them to be the only people left to provide things to people, for people who need to have food or they need to have clothing and things like, things like that. They need to talk to their loved ones. They need to interact with people. You leave them to be the only people available to facilitate that. And then you demonize them after they do it. And you use it to push an agenda that you already have before the pandemic happened in the first place. There's not a single leftist socialist who would not have supported a 95% excess tax, excess profit tax, before this whole thing happened. This is just a vehicle for it to actually happen. That's all it is. It's an excuse, like a lot of this year has been, to push ideas that people already had several years ago. A hundred years ago, actually. A hundred and fifty years ago, people already had these ideas. All of these things have just been excuses all along the way. Okay? Everyone would have already supported this. The AOCs, the Bernies, the everyone, all of those lefties of the world would have already supported this. It has nothing to do with the excess profits that have been made during the pandemic. It's all just an excuse. That's all it is. All right. Okay, next one. Next one on the list. By the way, guys, I don't know if you listened to Wednesday's show. I already mentioned it with, with John Miltimore, but one crazy thing, and this is not part of the dumb bleep, but... I don't know if you listened to the part where I read part of a Yahoo Finance article. They were talking about Rashida Tlaib's uh, letter that she was part of with 400 other people that was written to Jeff Bezos and Amazon. And they tried to use, this is just a little bit of media manipulation, a little bit of statistical manipulation and misrepresenting, or really using factual numbers, but being able to paint them in a crazy light to make you feel a certain way. So they said that Amazon revealed in October that nearly 20% of its 1.37 million frontline Amazon and Whole Foods employees got infected with the coronavirus. 20,000 of their 1.37 million frontline workers. And so uh, this was under a section where they were saying that Jeff Bezos is not protecting his workers. Look at this. 20,000 of his workers got sick with the coronavirus. What's really crazy about that is if it would have held statistically uh, in line with the rest of the country and the general population, it would have been 33,000 people that got sick. Amazon actually has a lower infection rate than the general population, meaning it's actually safer to be working at Amazon than it is just to be in the general population. 
I just thought that I would go ahead and let everyone know that if you want to slow the spread, get everyone working in an Amazon warehouse. It's safer. Okay. The next one here. Well, that's Tulsi. No, that's Tulsi. Okay. A little bit more uh, great socialist economics going on here. Oh, don't you do that. You go back and you sit right there. Okay. This is from A Perfect Illusion. I believe this was from Instagram. This is a this is a real this is actually a real economic concept called the velocity of money. Let's say you get paid $10. You use that $10 to buy lunch from a street vendor. Then the street vendor uses that $10 to take a taxi home. Then the taxi driver uses that $10 to pay his babysitter. Next the babysitter uses the $10 to buy groceries. That one $10 bill produced $50 of economic value. This is really good for the economy and why it's bad to give rich people more and more money because all rich people do is hoard it. They don't stimulate the economy multiple times over. All they do is hoard it. They don't stimulate the economy. <laughs> now, <laughs> first off, we can just kind of use the principle and the math of what's going on here. First off, the principle, I don't know why they stopped at 50. If the same $10 keeps being $10 over and over again, then technically $10 would have an infinite value in the economy. $10 would create infinity dollars. And all we ever need is $10. And that's it. And if you just put $10 out there, it creates infinity money. Because it never loses value. It never gets taxed. It never gets wasted. Nothing like that ever happens. So, so let's first go through some of this. Let's say you get paid $10 and we'll edit this as we go through. They say you use that $10 to buy lunch from a vendor. Now it would actually be you get paid, you get paid $10 and then you use the $7 and 50 cents that's left over after taxes to buy lunch from a street vendor. And then the street vendor uses the, now they say $10, but they're going to get paid that and they're going to have to pay taxes and all that kind of, then the street vendor uses that $5 to take a taxi home. And then the taxi driver uses their $2.75 or maybe their uh, $3.75 to pay the babysitter. And next the babysitter uses the $3.75 to buy groceries and then they uh, go to prison for tax evasion because they were running a side business and not paying any taxes. And then that one $10 bill gets turned into uh, what, what did all that add up to? 20 bucks, maybe something like that. The point is under their, under, under their example, $10 equals infinity. But under the example of our actual economy, where we have a, a blood-sucking parasite called the government living off of our economy all the time, the $10 quickly dwindles down to nothing. And that's what actually happens. Not to mention this idea, not to mention that this idea that the rich people, all they do is hoard the money and they don't stimulate the economy, means that this person has no idea how the economy works at all. They're obviously thinking from consumption, not from production. Production is the way that you actually stimulate an economy, especially with our insane fractional reserve banking system right now, which I, which I will not uh, say is a good thing. But when a bank has $10, I believe they can, they can loan out 90 on top of that, something like that. They can loan out, they can loan out $90. Uh, 90 to 100, 
I don't know what that actually, uh, I believe it's a, it's a, it's a 10 to one that they can do. So maybe it's a hundred they can loan out after that. And the, so the, the idea that rich people putting their money in the bank, uh, doesn't do anything to stimulate the economy. Well, actually when you put $10 in there, well, they, they can loan out a lot more money than that. Okay. And that actually stimulates the economy. So what rich person do you know that hoards money? I don't, I don't know anyone that actually keeps money in their, uh, in their mattress. They can actually, uh, let me see. Oh, did they get rid of that for the pandemic? Not right now. Okay. I don't know any rich people that actually just keep money in there. You know, I don't have any money sitting around in my, in my house. It's all, it's all in the bank. And when your money goes in the bank, it actually is able to be loaned out. I always use this example. You know, when I got my house, I didn't have uh, whatever amount of money my house cost to, to go buy the house. I went to a bank and the bank gave me the money to buy the house. And luckily, some rich person hoarding their money was able to give the bank money for me to go buy a house. All right. And when I bought the house, guess what? All the people who built the house and who built the furniture for the house and who work on the, the heating and the air and all those crazy things for the house that, you're, that our 2020 house has, all those people did have a job through that. They were able to do something productive and valuable in the economy. And then they were able to get paid out of the money that I paid for this house. And they were able to maybe save their money or they were able to invest it so other people could then build houses and buy houses and do things like that. That's the actual way that you, you create value. If I just take $10 and then I go give it to uh, McDonald's right now, I'm doing very little to actually stimulate the whole economy. All right, now if I take the $10 and I save it, obviously that's not going to do a lot. I wish we were using an example that had like $1,000 or $10,000, something like that. I'm exponentially helping the economy on a much larger scale than someone who just goes and pays $10 to someone at McDonald's. It's good. We, we need to buy things. That's how the economy would work. You can't just put the money in the bank and then no one ever buys anything ever. But the best way to grow an economy would be to save that money, let those interest rates go down real nice and low for people so they can get a hold of that money so they can invest and build businesses that also create value for people. You know, people get loans so they can build businesses so they can take out a $100,000 loan and create something that gives millions of dollars worth of value to our economy. That's the actual way that you stimulate an economy is by using that money and putting it to very, very productive value. This person's, this person's idea involves no taxation whatsoever, no waste whatsoever, and I don't know why they stopped at 50. They should have just kept going. That way it would be infinity. They'd still be typing right now. I guess that's not possible. So dumb bleep number two goes to, uh, we'll just call it consumption. We'll just call it cons. Well, Keynes, Keynesianism, Keynes, dumb bleep number two goes to, goes to Milton Keynes, our favorite economist. <laughs> okay, the next one, I called this one a whoopsie, whoopsie Goldberg. <laughs> That's what I called this one. All right, we'll just start with the audio from this. 
And Dr. Jill becomes the Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah, Joe Biden. Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, she he would to- never do it, but she, it's, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I she's I a just doctor. Like- and- <laughs> okay. This is actually important. Now, now this is this is old news. Our our name on Twitter for the week. I, I change it every once in a while, but our name on Twitter for the week was Good Morning Liberty, comma PhD. And because, hey, you might as well just have a PhD in something. So, um, Joe Biden's wife has a doctorate in education. Okay, she has a doctorate in education. So yes, her Twitter handle is Doctor Biden. I think something like that. Uh, and whoopsie Goldberg actually has no idea whether or not Jill Biden is a good doctor. You can just hear her completely BSing people because Jill Biden's not a doctor. She's not an amazing doctor. She's not a great because she's not a doctor. All right. She was just making that up. She was just trying to say nice things about Joe Biden's wife. But she had literally, clearly has no idea what she's talking about because Jill Biden's not a doctor. She has a doctorate in education. If she would have just slightly made the argument that she should run the Department of Education or something, that would have at least been applicable in some kind of way, having a doctorate in education. Then you could at least make that. So number three is whoopsie Goldberg. All right, the next one. Anti-capitalism bot. This actually came from a Twitter follower who said, maybe, maybe this might be dumb bleep of the year. But what this is, and they will, they will remind you, this bot will remind you, that every year capitalism kills 20 million people. So this bot is just going to remind you. That way you can't say that you didn't know. Someone's actually done this. Someone has actually taken the time to set this whole thing up to remind you that every year capitalism is responsible for the deaths of 20 million people. Now, how do they count this? Um, pretty much every death is a result of capitalism. I don't know if you guys know this, but every death, every single death is a, is a result of capitalism. If there was someone who is poor that is starving in a third world nation, well, that's because of capitalism, because we are keeping food from those countries and we're wasting food over here. That's because of capitalism, you know. If uh, there are deaths due to climate change that they somehow count, uh, and which basically is everything now to a natural disaster, to lung problems, to all kinds of stuff, those are all deaths due to climate change, and that's obviously due to capitalism for sure. Um, if there are deaths due to war, well, that is due to capitalism also. So basically, they've taken all of these things, they've put them together to say that capitalism kills 20 million people every single year. Now, here's the problem. That is absolute bullshit. Just so, just so everyone knows. That's what that actually is. First off, it's not honest if you're not going to also take account of how many people capitalism saves every year. Even if you were to leave all of those deaths and say that they were because of capitalism, if you're not going to take an honest account of how many people capitalism saves every single year, now if you're going to blame bad weather and lung problems and people in Africa who live under oppressive regimes 
all of those things, um, if those are because of capitalism, then I don't know, are, are vaccines because of capitalism? Is modern medicine because of capitalism? Is uh, the amount of people that have been lifted out of poverty because of capitalism at all? Uh, the amount of people who, I don't know, live, in, live with air conditioning every single year? Is that maybe because of capitalism? No, no, that's all because of something. That's all probably because of the government, I would say. All the, the government saved all of those people. That's what it actually was. And anything bad that happens, well, that was because of capitalism. Okay. Now, you can't blame people starving in Africa or anywhere on capitalism itself. Because what you do is you start from this idea that because we have enough food in the world to feed those people, because we, we, actually, we actually do, uh, now there's all kinds of crazy stuff that happens with uh, the governments manipulating all of the grain markets and, and de disincentivizing charities and, and the governments in Africa actually seizing the control of even the, the food that is donated and giving it out and using it as, a, as control over the people. And uh, there's all kinds of things like that happening. But you have to ask how we even got that much food in the first place. Because if, if having that food but it not getting to those people is then the fault of capitalism, then you have to offer what the other solution would be, which would be socialism or communism. And what proof do we have that that creates enough food for no one to be starving? Not only did it not save the lives of people in Africa and third world countries, it couldn't even keep people in those countries alive that had socialism or communism. They couldn't even have enough food. So in what crazy world do we have where magically... We're going to not have capitalism. We're going to have community farms. We're going to group together and farm that's never worked before. And it's going to magically be enough food to save everyone in the world when all the examples of that happening in the past couldn't even keep the people in those countries alive. But yet all those deaths are because of capitalism, for sure. Climate change, if there's a hurricane, that's capitalism, of course. Hell, a, a damn tsunami, that's probably because of capitalism in some kind of a way. I'm sure if it weren't for some kind of evil, greedy, profit-seeking person, there would have been a, uh, a better wall there, or people would have lived in higher houses, or they would have, I don't know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have fracked in, uh, in Pennsylvania, which caused the, the, the plates to shift in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and that's what caused the tsunami. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, Maurice, I'm sure this guy does actually think that we are at peak capitalism right now. This is, this is the most... Um, which we said before, every society has thought that they were at peak capitalism. The people in the early 1900s were not like, well, you know, when we get to Uber and Lyft, then we'll be at peak capitalism. This right here, guys, this sucks. Right now, this whole thing sucks. As soon as we have Uber and Lyft, and everyone's got, uh, everyone's got either their own cars or they can get on their iPhone. You guys know that iPhone's going to be invented in 2004 or whenever it was. Um, you know, that's going to be coming out. Was that 2004, 2008? I can't remember. You know, that's going to be coming out. So everyone in the early 1900s, they were like, well, this capitalism sucks. But after we get the iPhone, that'll be peak capitalism. No, every society thought that they were at peak capitalism. 
Because if you don't think that, then you're probably an inventor who's inventing new things. Because we don't know what's going to be invented yet. We might think that right now. But we have no idea what's about to be invented. If we were, we'd invent it. That's, that's, that's one thing that we know for sure. Okay, so that was dumb bleep number. I'm not even paying attention anymore. Number two was velocity. Velocity tard is what Sam called it. I'm going to call them the uh, velocity raptor. Number three was Whoopsie Goldberg. Number four was the anti-capitalist bot. And let's see if we got another one here. You know, we're going to leave it at those four. That's what we're going to leave it at. Number four, anti-capitalist bot. Number three, Whoopsie Goldberg. Number two, Velocity Raptor. Let's see, number one, Tulsi Gabbard. Slash, or was it AOC? I'm not sure which one it was. So while we're getting those votes in, y'all get your votes in, okay? Get them votes in. I'm going to tell y'all about the Liberty Trading Academy, MasterMyStonks.com. Right now, you can go to MasterMyStonks.com. That's S-T-O-N-K-S, MasterMyStonks.com. You can get a free preview on the website. All you got to do is put in your email address, and you can start using the website. You get to use it for two days, so you can look at all the videos that are on there, see whether or not it is something that you would be interested in. That way, you don't have to put in your credit card information. You don't do anything. You don't worry about this subscription that's going to renew, and you're going to forget about it, and you're in you know, you're, you're just going to feel like you're going to go back and get that money back. And then you never really send the email and then you end up losing the, you know, how it goes. You fill out a, you do a seven day free trial and you forget about it. That's, that's what you do. Well, this isn't one of those. You just put in your email address and then you can use the website for a couple of days and see if it's something that you'll like. So go to mastermysongs.com. We are taking, we are mainly talking about people who have small accounts. I mean, as little as a couple hundred bucks. We're going to teach everyone the very basics of trading, and then we're going to build that all the way up to being able to trade some advanced strategies, being able to trade a specific strategy that has been working, purring along really well for a long time. And we're going to be able to grow these small accounts in the big accounts. And we're not trying to find people who are ready to get rich quick, who want to quit their jobs next week, because that is uh, not a great long-term strategy. You've got to learn how to do these things on your own, and that's not going to happen in a couple weeks. This is a skill set that could literally pay for the rest of your life. Don't expect it to happen in a couple weeks. All right, be serious about this. That's rule number one in the 12 rules for trading. Get serious. This is important. All right, so if you think you can get serious about this, and if you're serious about taking control of your future finances, go to mastermystonks.com. What do we got here? <coughs> uh, let's see. Number one, one, let's see, we got a one, looks like Tulsi, looks like Tulsi's going to run away with it, so Tulsi, I'm sorry, I had so many high hopes for you, Tulsi, and this does not mean that we can't work together on things, Tulsi, we can absolutely work together on things where we agree, all right, if you want to pardon Edward Snowden, then I will retweet your ideas of how we should pardon Edward Snowden, like I did, okay? I, I will absolutely go with you where we agree, but that does not mean that I think that you are a libertarian or that you should be a part of the Libertarian Party or that you are a closeted Republican or Libertarian whatsoever. 
you are still just a big government hack who does not believe who does not believe in private property rights whatsoever. If you did, you wouldn't want to take 95% of supposed excess profits like anyone in the government could ever figure out what the hell an excess profit was. Like anyone in the government is smart enough to figure that out at all. All right. Sorry, Tulsi. We're not going to agree on that. So dumb bleep of the week goes to Tulsi. I need to write that down because coming up is the dumb bleep of the year. We're going to be doing that the week before the, uh, the new year. And get this freaking year out of our way. All right, we got to get it out of here. I have found what all of the dumb bleeps were throughout the entire year, creating the bracket right now. And if you want to be able to vote on it, you're going to have to be in the Patreon group. We're going to be doing our dumb bleep bracket challenge. <laughs> Actually, that's a pretty good idea, too. What do you win if you win the dumb bleep bracket challenge? The dumb bracket challenge. That's pretty good. Let's see. We'll do a bracket challenge. And write it down on one of my 150 post-it notes I have around here. So only the Patreon group, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty, is going to be able to vote. And the Patreon group will be deciding what Good Morning Liberty's dumb bleep of the year is. This is our most popular episode. All right. So you want to make sure that you're able to vote on that. You can vote on that by going to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty and joining for as little as five bucks a month five bucks a month and you can watch live when we want to uh, which i'm sorry i missed a day this week i missed a couple days last week it's the end of the year i'm sure you guys feel it too it's been your whole schedule starts getting messed up at the end of the year i don't know how that happens but when it when you get between thanksgiving and christmas everything goes out the window as far as your normal routine it's just it's just gone and so uh we will be here, Charlie and I both will be here on Monday, because he just texted me and told me he gave up on finding that perfect socialist country. He's going to come back, and so that's good. We'll talk about his travels, see how that went. So if you guys tell your communist uncle, tell your socialist girlfriend, and um, tell your, your minarchist crazy cousin who's looking for a new podcast or whatever, uh, tell them about Good Morning Liberty. Keep sharing the show. If you do all of that, and I mean all of it, we'll be right back here on Monday, me and Charlie both. Till then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>